Hey guys, back with another episode of the Training Make Podcast. This is episode 14. I'm joined with Max Ada, uh, and we're going to change the format a little bit here. We're going to just pick a topic and discuss it, um, either try to defend it or, you know, um, or, or agree with it, whatever it may be. Um, and, and it's going to be more of a pointed discussion rather than kind of this open-ended discussion. And we're going to see how this format works. If you like it, uh, please let me know. You can DM me at uh, coach underscore ZT that you like the show or that you hate it. You can also watch these episodes on the YouTube channel, Training Make Podcast. We're going to get those going again. But anyways, Max, what's going on? Not much. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Coming off of the Arnold weekend. Mm, yeah. Got that, got that uh, bang hangover, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the bang, first off, the the bang tent was the most insane. It might be impressive, but most I, insane thing I've ever seen. I don't know if you can call it a tent as much as a like mosh pit type. It looked like they were trying to go for like psychedelic spring break circa 2009 or something like it was just it was amazing so make hunger games rated r yeah and have the main <laughs> characters go to a club yeah and everyone's everyone had a bang energy in their hand it was it was crazy um okay so let's just get into it the discussion um the discussion today is should there be multiple federations in weightlifting and the reason that i would mention that this is or should be a possibility is because there is drug use in Olympic sports. And when there is glory and money to be made, um, there will be cheaters. Uh, regardless of the rules, we find that testing is not always equal from country to country. And a federation change where we would have untested federations would allow um, people to choose depending on their preference. Um, what do you think about that, Max? Uh, I mean, my my personal opinion would be to say no. There shouldn't be um, there shouldn't be multiple federations because we see what happened with powerlifting um, and the multiple federations. At least in the beginning, uh, there was a lot of there's like sixty federations now. But the reality is that uh, as time has gone on. Uh, those 60 federations have essentially dissolved into just two two real federations that anyone actually participates in. Now, obviously, there's going to be people that, well, no powerlifters listen to this, so I don't have to actually correct myself. But um, <laughs> these other little federations are really just very small in size compared to USAPL and USPA. Uh, and the main difference between those is that USAPL is 100% drug tested. USPA has a drug tested division, which probably has about, you know, 1% of the population competing in it. And the rest is just untested. Um, there's no, there's no requirement that people are using drugs to be participating in it. It's just, they don't bother with testing. They let anyone that shows up compete in it, you know, yada, yada, yada. You just have to make weight. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's the same standard rules. It's actually really high-quality judging, high-quality competitions. They're well-run. They're convenient. There's a lot of them run uh, across the country. Um, they just, it's, you know, it's it's not as stringent or as official 
in the sense that it is the same as the USAPL. But anyone that you know lifts in the USPA and performs well, I would say is lifting to a very high standard, just as somebody in the USAPL is. Um, there's just no testing because, you know, they don't. They just don't want to do it. They don't have any interest in that. Um, and that's where you see a lot of like the the big totals and big lifts coming out of like you know. Instagram and and those folks, um, you know, you see all these like Larry Wheels and and whatnot competing in there. You know, I know a lot of really top lifters competed in the USPA. Um, well, so it seems like you're painting it in relatively positive light, even though you said that we don't want to follow down the path of powerlifting, um, which well, is interesting. You know, yeah. So I, my my this where I was getting was. Initially, there's this fragmentation years ago, but I think what has happened with the advent and, and what happens in capitalist societies is that competition breeds, you know, or the success of one or two federations. So you basically have two major federations that are really worthwhile, um, USPA, which is the untested, and USAPL, which is the tested. There's no Olympics, though. Powerlifting is not in the Olympics, never going to be in the Olympics. So there's nothing, there's nothing above going to the USPA World Championships, or I think it's called the IPL World Championships, or the USAPL, sorry, the IPF World Championships. There's these two World Championships. There's prestige in that, but it's not nearly the same level as the Olympic Games, um, right. not, even, not even close. So, so you have this situation where... It works okay in that sport because there's really not a significant difference between going to the, you know, uh, the Arnold at the USAPL and the World Championships. In fact, the Arnold is probably, a, is definitely a much bigger crowd. It's way more energy, way more people, way more exposure. But there's not like some level above that where it's like, oh, wow, you're like the, the Olympian of, of powerlifting. Where I think that kind of system would fall apart with weightlifting is that there's no there's no chance for people to compete at the absolute highest level, and because of that, you don't get as much money involved in the sport. So yeah, like what would happen if there was a uh, an untested federation in weightlifting, and the Olympics were still still around for weightlifting, like we would still qualify the, for the weightlifters. My, and, my, oh yeah. Here, well, and here's what would happen, right? If, if someone was to go to the Olympics as an American um, and snatch this and clean and jerk that, and then there would be someone with, in the same weight class in an untested federation who would total higher. No, that, well, I don't, but, I don't so, think that, that would happen. But it, it could. I don't right? think it would though. You don't think so? Yeah, because think about it. It's like, think about all the people we know that, that are not, without naming names, that are not competing, that are doing weightlifting, be, and that are on drugs, right? And we know of a handful of them. Right. They're out there, for sure. They're not doing anything. They're, lifting, see, they're lifting in their garages or in private gyms, lifting whatever. But if they were to enter these competitions against people who are so, actually at the Olympics passing drug tests, you know, at least for eight years, <laughs> they would get fucking smoked. Right. So what if there was an, a, a league that would basically, it would, it would basically say like, you can't just max out in your gym um, with, you know, you, you can't just max out in your gym, like, because there's going to be someone that can beat you. Basically, it's like, it's like this. 
the periodization or the you know the separations of period and ability of a lifter who competes in an international level is so obvious and it's so professionalized and it's so science based right when you have these guys who you're talking about these garage lifters who are putting up huge weights their programs aren't exactly like that so that if if when they go to a meet and they only have three attempts and they have to wait and they have to change up all these things they're not going to have that good of a performance so that they have to adapt. I imagine the same thing happened in the USPA, right? Like you would have people who would just blast a ton of gear and lift like idiots year round and then they'd go compete. But now when there's a bunch of people doing that, you have to do something that would make you better, right? I mean, if there was an... if there was a Yeah, fight, you know? I mean, potentially. I think I think the reason you see high performances large you know excellent performances in in sports that are in the olympics is because the olympics is a political tool that allows countries with no you know without a a large scale uh presence on the world stage with a large military or a large you know like look at the countries that really excel at the olympics it's like a proxy for establishing political power internationally. Yes. North North Korea has fantastic Olympic weightlifters. North Korea is not a, you know, they're not sitting in the, at the table like the rest of the world. And so this is their way to establish that, you know, on to some on, on some level. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it may be a political tool for the citizens of the country, but... Or, or, you know, an outward one, and I'm sure it's much more complex than what I'm able to explain here. But, you know, the reality is, like, like the U.S. doesn't need to be good at weightlifting in, on the Olympics because, <laughs> because, I mean, like, so what? Like, the U.S. can basically do whatever it wants, and it basically does whatever it wants because, you know, they're... We're, this, we're an international yeah. superpower, and we're good at uh, a lot of other yeah, things. Because well. America. Right. But, but the reality is that, okay, that puts a lot of pressure on the entire infrastructure of sport in a country without the Olympics, those sports, those countries are not going to invest any money in it. Exactly. If, if weightlifting wasn't in the Olympics, you would watch the fastest decline ever in the history of weightlifting of a, of a weightlifting team like China, they would just disappear probably. Right. Well, With, because there's two, I guess there are two private weightlifting facilities in the entirety of China. Think about that. Where China has a, a pool of I don't know how many thousands of little kids, basically funneling into Li Dayin and Lu Jiajun and all these freaks, Xi Jiang, then it, the list goes, you know, it's endless yeah. amount their amounts of freaks that they have, and and to think that they only operate on a state system, so if soon as we say no more Olympics, it's just for pride. Mm-hmm. Right, it's no longer no one well, gives a shit. Look at yeah. how good Chinese powerlifters are. Yeah, they're not. There, there's some. Uh, there is a um, very, very good, um, really light woman who was formerly a weightlifter who got into powerlifting. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, we don't see Chinese powerlifters dominating at the world level. I'm sure there are some that have come here and there, but they don't send a full team and clean house because uh, so, they don't care. I guess, and again, like I would like to make my point a little bit more clear. It's not that I'm disagreeing with you. I'm just mm-hmm. kind of, I guess I'm playing devil's advocate here. But 
the reason why I would even say that it's a possibility or that it should be thought of um, is is because, you know, at least in America, we are moving for some reason. Weightlifting is moving away from being an Olympic sport to now um, a strength sport. And the reason why I want to make that distinction is because there are barbells and there are discs in Gold's gyms. There are, you know, and so people will see the snatch and the clean and jerk and not think of it as an, as a sport, as a hobby functioning, explosive sport. There's, um, in the book by Putin and Aleshko, it's the training of managing the training of weightlifters. They, they talked about after the abolition of the press that we would see more lifters that look like track athletes. They would look closer to explosive, powerful track athletes. People like Harrison Morris, even CJ Cummings, you know, they're not built like freak of nature, like freaks of nature. I mean, some of them obviously look, you know, there's a wide variety of w- the way people look. Mm-hmm. But this sport, I would say, is not necessarily a strength sport, not necessarily a sport that when you squat and when you bench press, when you train your body to be stronger, that this is not a sport that falls in line with that. The only reason it is is because we see barbells and discs in Gold's gyms. We see them in you know, recreational areas. Imagine if you saw a shot put pit right, or a, a javelin throwing area. You won't, right? E- even though they're throwing, the throws are a incredibly similar um, display of power and explosive ability. And they're both Olympics. They're all Olympic sports, but we don't see hobbyist throwers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that probably lends itself to the idea that, that, uh, I mean, if CrossFit had included shot put in it more, maybe there would have been that kind of thing happening. I think that, I think that we have basically to be honest, we have to say that CrossFit is entirely responsible for the growth of weightlifting and powerlifting and in this country yeah. and a lot of other stuff. But, you know, for what we're talking about, yeah, I mean, shot put or sorry, uh, CrossFit is, you know, absolutely the catalyst that drove both those things to grow. And the majority of people that are participating in weightlifting um, and, you know, powerlifting and probably other strength sports like strongman and whatnot are doing it as hobbyists. In fact, almost everybody is. If you if you exclude the everyone on the stipend list for weightlifting, then the number of hobbyists is you know the number of people that are not hobbyists, meaning do it to pay to do it, is you know probably ninety nine point nine nine percent of the population that does weightlifting in this country. And for powerlifting, it's one hundred percent. Um, because there is no stipend system for top athletes in that sport. Everyone is right. paying to do it. So they are definitely hobbies, the hobbies for, for people. Having two federations or having multiple federations for both for, for weightlifting wouldn't impact whether or not people do it as a hobby, but I do think it would impact whether or not one federation is... is um, you know, one federation is going to blow up in the sense that it is, uh, you know, like an untested federation I don't think would really do much or grow much simply because the best people are always going to want to compete in a place where they can go the furthest. 
And if there was an untested federation, it would at least stop prior to, you know, the Olympics. Well, it would stop before nationals and worlds. I mean, it'd have a national competition. You could have your own world championship of untested federation, where you know, the you know, a one hundred nine kilo guy wins with a three fifty total, you know, or whatever. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be the same caliber. It's just not going to be the same, you know, level of lifting. Even the reality, too, is even I would say I would be willing to bet that the top untested females competing in powerlifting would have a very hard time winning against the top tested females in powerlifting. Yeah, I mean, we have not all of them. We yeah, two-hour weight cuts. It's you different. Have, yeah, the uh, fed, a different barbell, different standard of 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 you know lifting requirements and whatnot. And I'm not saying that every one of them. I'm sure there are, you know, I, I don't think that it would be like a blowout everywhere. But I'm saying the level of competition really isn't that much different. It's definitely it's definitely different for sure. But I think that if you looked at it, you know, there's probably a much closer gap. So if you're that good or that close. Wouldn't you want to just compete in a federation that allowed you the potential to go to the highest level? If you were, you know, if you're untested and you're doing a, you know, a 390 total as a super, wouldn't you want to just compete in a tested federation? I mean, I guess your total is going to come down, but like, you know, if you're good, if you're a good weightlifter, regardless of what you're taking, you'd want to go to the federation that allowed you to get the furthest against your competition. And that would be whichever one is closest to the Olympics. That's my guess. Yeah. I don't think it would not exist. I think if you had an untested federation, you would have a, a situation where a lot of people that, you know, want to take drugs and do that, which is, you know, their decision, um, are going to go and compete. Or here's the real, here's the real to play the devil's advocate, I guess, or the, or the, reverse a devil's advocate because you're already the devil's advocate but right. here's the situation um that i think could potentially unfold if that was the case you have two federations one is tested one is untested mm -hmm. the untested federation now opens itself up to allow a, a lot of different scenarios one is that people who are are sanctioned would be able to compete there so people who have already failed the drug test um, can compete in this federation and obviously they're not going to get tested again uh, and that would give them a chance to extend their hobby and extend their career at least to some degree in a place that you know they can they can go ahead and and express their lifting I mean look at uh, what's his name Sonny Webster just got like a seven-year yep. sanction right um, which he you know which is interesting because I mean we've seen this all over America there are people on on drug bans who are currently coaching right people yeah and you see it or or even just sanctioned uh people who are sanctioned who are just you know violating those rules i mean that's that's a whole nother topic is right. how much of the rules should be enforced and how the rules should be enforced is it is what it is but you know in that that's case neither here nor there yeah here's a guy who's been lifting and and uh you know he if he wants to compete against other people he's got a chance to do it uh, with, right. without really, I guess in all regards, without really impacting a lot of other things, you know, it's not necessarily a negative thing for him to go and compete against other people who are also in the same category, in the same you know boat. Um, 
you might even, and this might be a really controversial topic, but you might even be allow, able to allow a, an untested federation to have different rulings on transgender athletes in sport. Um, or you could do a snatch only competition, or you could do straps, um, all half, like a half super total. You could do half a super total is weightlifting or powerlifting. Well, no, <laughs> it would be like snatch and back squat. You know what I mean? Like, or or like something. You know, you could just mess mess with things. But at the end of the day, that's kind of just like putting on a show. There was. You remember when right? John that's, John North yes, was going to start? So he had a federation. I was t- I was told that they they were considering doing competitions with straps, but also with an unlimited number of attempts. So it would be like two platforms. One dude would get on the platform and just snatch until he made a lift. You know, thirty misses in, whatever, and then the other guy would go. And it was just. A, a, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm almost bummed he never did that because maybe that would have been really cool. I will say this. You know, that's, see, this is the thing. It's like <laughs> at the end of the day, there's a lot of people out there that just want to see weights be lifted. That's it. There's, you know. Well, that's what Instagram is for. You just do it in your gym. Right, right. But, yeah. What that, if we had – the thing is getting these people together to, to push each other is what really matters at this point, right? So if we can true. have if we can have the, the best Instagram lifters going head-to-head and, like, fucking money at on the line and, like, well, I know, think, that, I that think, could be really exciting, especially some of these lifters who are now sanctioned internationally. Right. That's you the know, big we, one. We would say to, to – to, Ruslan Nurodinov, and we would say to Alexei, and we would say to God, anyone who wanted to compete, here's a five thousand dollar cash prize for best snatch. Here's five thousand for best clean and jerk, and here's another five thousand for the best Sinclair. You have six months to train. Come on in, straps, three attempts, and <laughs> fucking let's go, right? And we we make it a party, blast music, right? I mean, that is. If that's not like America in a nutshell, I don't know what is. At the end of the day, though, like this is just me being a dipshit and just throwing words into a microphone. Obviously, I care more about the sport being in the Olympics. I care more about the art of being a weightlifter, of not just being a thug that lifts a ton of weights to heavy metal. But it's, you know, Mar- I, I also dislike pop culture in a lot of ways, but guess what's like makes the money and pushes product. It's always going to be the show that wins out. And so maybe an untested federation won't work as well, but it could be like an untested meet or an event that would work. Well, there are, know? there are competitions like that, right? There's like the, the Klokov power weekend. Right? Well, no, I mean, even, even, I mean like that. Yeah. But like more like Chinese nationals is not an IWF sanctioned meet. Do we really think that there's a lot of drug testing going on there? No. Uh, you know, uh, there's, there's, but you know. But boy, do we love yeah. Chinese nationals. Right. Holy there's, shit. there's cups all around the world that are like that, that are, you know, like, uh, uh, what's the, what's the name of the one in, uh, Zerve, the Zerve. Uh, yeah, in, in Iran that just happened? No, that's the Fajir Cup. That's actually IWF sanctioned. Okay. Um, but the Zerve League, I think in Azerbaijan I don't think is an IWF official meet so there's no IWF testing or oversight 
um, which is fine, whatever. I mean, there's no IWF oversight at the USA Nationals. Um, there's USADA, but, but you know, so there, there are meets that are quote-unquote untested, you know, that do exist. I think... I think the the real thing, the real benefit that you'd get from having a different federation would be the the ability to prolong someone's career, someone like Ilya Illin or Alexei or whoever wanted to compete, you know, continue to compete despite having failed, you know, drug tests in the official sport. They would be able to continue and pursue a sport, you know, and be in a sport where you know, there's there's legit competition, but it's coming from you know, whatever. If you had the rest of the world involved in it, you would see bigger numbers. But to get them involved would be unlikely. I just don't see why a lot of those people. I mean, like I doubt Ilya Ilin would want to go compete in something that's not the Olympics. You know, when you've won three gold medals or two gold medals, I guess zeroed actually now. But if you've won, you know, if you've been at the Olympics and won a gold medal and then lost it, wouldn't you want to compete at that same level again? Right? I mean, in my opinion, it's an imp- impossibility. Right? So, yeah, it's yeah, like... I, I think there there's no way that a... How old is Ilya? God, he's got to be over 30. Yeah, probably right. right around 30. Okay. There's no way that... There's no way that Ilya can ever come back to a fully androgen up Ilya who's jerking 240 uh, plus never say never as a natural I mean it's just <laughs> oh no no you know as I mean the the rule now maybe he just how many, got how many tests per year did he even have an excuse as to what it was he just back, said he just low back no 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 did he ever have an excuse for why he failed the tests no no he never said it. He, he didn't said he just kind of was like it. yeah so I mean you know like that's that's unfortunate. I wish it was. I wish he had some cool excuse, um, like tainted supplements or something. Uh, well, so like, <laughs> the the reason, like, something that I like to do, um, being the nerd that I am and the obsessed weightlifter that I am, is go on USADA's website or the IWF's website and look at the sanction lists, but also <laughs> look at the testing history. So yeah. if everyone, if you're out there, guys. Just type in USADA testing history, and you can pull up year by year every single test that USADA has performed, mm. every single one under every athlete. So if I look at 2017, I don't know why I put, pulled up 2017. It's just a random year. Kendrick Ferris has the most tests, and he's tied with Nathan Damron uh, of 10 in one year. Okay, this is by USADA alone. Clarence Cummings has nine. Uh, Maddie Rogers has nine. Uh, Sarah Robles has eight. Maddie Myers had nine. A uh, bunch of random dudes. Brian Reisenhauser, do you know him? Yeah, he's a uh, he's 56. He was. Um, James Tatum Still is. with nine. You know, so so here's the thing: is like we're getting people are getting piss tested or blood tested. I don't know what. Um, Ten times in a year, which is like which is crazy. Does it makes it almost impossible to to uh, have some sort of solidified drug program. Um, and if you, it's not like we have access to a lab, and it's not like you know, yeah, there's ways to get around it. There's things with uh, very short half lives and, and all this, you know, all these possibilities. But the issue with this is that 
these people have to go compete at the top possible level. And this is an argument that I say all the time against North Koreans, against Kazakhstan, against, and they're all, you know, they're all getting, they got their sanction, right? But the issue is that we can't formulate a drug program because of our bylaws in, in the U.S. Um, that can keep up with these people. And so we may or may not be able to see an untested federation have success or an untested lifter have success um, strictly based off of that. And I, I, I think there's a lot to be said about what you were saying earlier in, in that, you know, people who are used to competing in a tested federation basically get a ton of competitions per year. They've professionalized their training. They have perfect programs. Um, those are the people that are going to succeed, and they're actually going to put together a better total. And I agree with that. But my main gripe is that other countries aren't being held to this standard. I think they finally are. But that's the only reason why I really bring it up is because we're starting to see the recrea recreationalization <laughs> mm -hmm. of, of a sport. Um, and that means people are making money off of lifting big weights. And so I think... It, it's, it, I just wanted to kind of point that out, right? Like I, the, all of this info is, is, va is um, available to everyone. You can go on USADA's website. You can go on the IWF and see all of the sanctions for every year. And the vast majority of sanctions on IWF's website, the vast, vast majority are from countries like Eastern Bloc countries, like Russia, like, you know, your typical drug using countries and so what's happening is like ours this sport is being played off as a, a, a doped up sport where you know this is kind of what it's come down to do you think that if they had i think if there was a second federation that existed worldwide that was untested or or perhaps there is just no other federation there's just more meets that are not actually sanctioned or part of the regular body of weightlifting that because there's money in it people like Ilya and you know like look at Klokov right I mean he's basically made a living out of uh but he's never tested positive no no that's no that's the biggest but, issue and like but I mean like, people people have made a living out of displaying you know doing huge lifts on Instagram or at seminars mm -hmm. um and becoming very popular that way um you know so, so do you think that having a second federation or a a large scale operation that existed worldwide, where people could compete without drug testing, would draw those people to it? Would draw like you know, whoever draw whoever the the you know the the people I mean, that are in, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think it. I think it might, but again, it's the uncomfortable, you know, you have to be comfortable with competing. So there's a craft and an art to being a weightlifter, regardless of drug use. And I think you kind of talked about that earlier, right? If you're, if, if the way that, at least to my knowledge, right, the way that these guys were doing drugs, they were still practicing very hard in a training center with other weightlifters, with a coach watching them all the time. And they were administering these drugs, right? They were using these drugs alongside that. 
if you have a privatized version of that, I don't know that it'll be as successful. Mm. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. But yeah. but I think like if you know, I, I think for a while there, I mean we didn't we just not test guys? I mean, Ilya literally, like you said, in Almaty, he just went and celebrated. <laughs> you know, it was just like he walked off stage and like went to the back room and started drinking with his boys. You know, maybe he wasn't drinking, but like he just, he just legitimately, if you followed him after yeah. his final lift, he never even, they never even thought about drug testing him. Yeah. I mean, that's probably, you know, that, that goes to really, to show where, I, I mean, the idea of any time, the more rules there are, the more criminals there are, right? The more rule breakers there are. So a second federation that didn't have any rules would prevent any corruption because, like, well, okay, like, so somebody's getting away with not getting tested. Well, guess what? Nobody's getting tested, yeah. right? I don't think there's much corruption that exists within <laughs> the USPA and powerlifting where, you know, like, nobody's getting any advantage over another person. They're all given the same stuff, same equipment, same platform, same amount of drug testing, and it's up to them to decide what they want to do with that. Um, same with, same with, you know, or sorry, it's very different in weightlifting when there is more bureaucracy and ridiculousness in the sense that, you know, there's not just super stringent rules being applied. It's gotten better the last several years. This quad has been the best ever uh, in yes. that countries have been kicked out for not reporting their whereabouts. Countries are getting popped. I mean, Thailand just had six people fail drug tests. Uh, yeah, they, w they went back eight years and caught two more Olympic champions. Um, you know, I, I think there's, I think the, the real question is more a matter of where do we want to go in the future with, with drugs and sport? What do we really want? If you watch the drug life, uh, episode we did with Adam Nelson, where he lost a gold medal to a Ukrainian shot putter that later failed the test. And then he received that medal years later, eight years plus afterward, where he was given to him in the food court of an Atlanta airport <laughs> uh, in the most dis sad. I mean, this guy worked his entire life towards that, you know, had the best meat of his life, you know, and, and gets nothing. And the thing that is really upsetting is that what he missed out on was essentially, you know, probably about a million dollars in sponsorship money over that the course of that time because he got silver. And this other guy, years later, fails a drug test. The only thing he has to give up is his medal. And by that time, hey, does he even care? You know? No, does no, anyone no. care? That's the sad thing. So that's where, that's where the question no, comes down to. It's like, this is great. That's really cool. And it's great when America is... You know, the U.S. lifters are 15 spots behind, right? Oh, okay, whatever. It's cool to idolize these guys. But then you're suddenly like five spots behind or 10 spots behind or, wow, we are really close. And then you start seeing it as, well, we're really close, but holy shit, yeah, like they may not be the best lifters. We may not be the best at weightlifting in the world. That's fair enough, right? It's fine to have criticisms of the the level of coaching we have, the quality of our technique, the lifting abilities of our lifters. But if we're that close and we're losing because people are are cheating, are breaking the rules, then yeah, 
fucking kill them like get them all like yeah get like, them all because then we have a shot at getting closer and if you lose to a lifter who's also clean because you're not as good a lifter that's a much better victor a much better loss than to losing to people who are better simply because yeah they're better lifters yes but they're also cheating and and i think it's difficult for people who have never been in that situation to to understand what that's like right imagine that you're yeah you know, i mean there's so many so many fans of weightlifting that don't have to go through that situation where they watch lifters lose to other lifters or get further and further positioned further and further down the line because you know there's i mean in Alyssa's class there was two Thai ladies that both failed drug tests we moved up two spots because of that um you know and yeah sure yeah, they as well sure they they could very well they very well are better technical lifters there's nothing wrong with saying that that's great they are but they're also fucking cheaters and they got yeah, caught no. so they suck at passing drug tests i guess uh so you know it's like they think people don't actually the fans of the sport may not realize what that's like and and so there's a lot of support for the idea of like well you know they're great and when when we're 15 spots behind 20 spots behind it's one thing to come out and and constantly like the the US is like the most the, the general consensus for years was this the most negative thing in the world where people would just like all these like armchair experts people that have never actually done a fucking weightlifting meet or coached anyone would just has everyone has an opinion this intense opinion about how bad we are at weightlifting for years for decades this was like the the status quo of of every you know guy in his mom's fucking basement just blasting everybody for how shitty we are at lifting how oh, the russians are so much better yeah that's fucking great do you think we wouldn't beat the russians if we were taking the same drugs, if we were all taking drugs, does anyone have any doubt that Harrison Morris wouldn't just absolutely fucking destroy his competition if he was doing the same shit that that the fucking Russians were? Like, if you don't, then you're an idiot. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing is like there's there are people that literally say that would be like, yeah, yeah, it's like you're you're missing the point. Like they they well they they think that there is a they think that there is a magical it, it's like. Because it's something that they can't grasp. It's because they can't see it. Well, it's, all, it's, they, all they see is an, a 15-year-old 96 from Russia right. snatching 180, and then our 96 battling at – or sorry, 94. This is back in the day. Yeah. Um, battling it out for 170-kilo snatch. Right. There's a bunch of 94s that are really good lifters in America, but for some reason we're not snatching that well because some of our magical technique is not as good as theirs. Yeah, it's right. it's it's really like a I think it's an it's it's an unfortunate thing because I think what happened there with that is is it set this tone and that that's definitely dying now. It's getting it's it's eliminated a lot because new fans and new people have come in that do see the reality. And and it's one thing to say yeah, we're, you know, we've legit gotten beaten by better lifters. Absolutely. Hands down. Lots of our lifters could be better. There's nothing to say that that's not true. And every coach that is at the world championship probably believes the same thing. They all look at their lifters critically. They think very hard about how they can improve. They try very hard. They work very hard at it. You have sometimes you just don't do as good a job as somebody else. Or sometimes you have, you know, another lifter is just made of different stuff and they're better. Um, but the point being that this negativity in 
the negativity that existed for a long time that was pervasive because of you know the rest of the world this like sort of question mark like are they dirty or not you know um it, it's just gone anyone who still thinks that any of that you know china is not just filthy and that uh you know uh, any of these other countries that have been winning for this long, these Eastern Bloc countries, like most other countries out there that we're seeing positive after positive after positive test come out is just delusional, you know? Yeah. I, yeah it, I, it's yeah. especially true with, it's especially true of the people that everyone idolizes, you know? And there's nothing to say there's, these people are necessarily, I mean, I guess they are bad people for cheating, but, um, you know, there's nothing to say that like, sure, it's a personal attack on them, um, but you know, the reality is like, look, it's not, the, that's not the rules. That's not what we all agreed to and you're violating them. So <laughs> what, what can we say? Right. Uh, yep. I don't know. I, I think it's, it's the whole, you know, probably went on a tangent there, but the whole multiple federation thing, I don't know if it would it's, ever, it's a, it's a defeatist. Okay. It's a, it, the, the point is it's a defeatist type or type of, uh, approach to it. Right. Yeah. We say, like, this is where the world's at. We're all failing. This one situation was failing. You know, trying to be in the Olympics is failing. Let's just get out of it and have Instagram haymakers be the, the best. Instagram beasts and, and, and yeah. famous people for lifting big weights. Let's let them kind of do their thing. And then we can have our small, you know, USAPL type of league as well. USPA. And just try to well, no, USAPL meaning like we can oh, 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 the, sorry. The, the clean athletes right. can have their small, you know, league where they are held to a high standard and, and we can just kind of roll from there. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's, it's, you know, I think if, if we keep going on the way that we're going, like you're seeing Kazakhstan lift like absolute shit right at, at the world's and that's undeniable. Yeah. You can't, no one can say that, that the fact that they have less androgens in them, in their system is not an effect of their performance because it was on display. And if you didn't see it, you were blind and you're just being an idiot. Um, so we're definitely on the right track. Um, it's just, it's just a matter of if we can hold on long enough, you know, we're like a few big team busts away from being like, you know what? Fuck weightlifting. We're not going to have you in 2024. Yeah. That, that decision may have already been made. Who knows? Um, but, you know, I mean, th that's the reality, right, is is that it's, it is very possible. I mean, the effort that the IWF and USADA, or the effort the IWF and WADA have put into it um, is only now just like a half-ass effort. Uh, you know, if, if, it was a, if it was a serious effort and they wanted to clean it up, it would be much, much simpler. Um, you just implement lifetime bans for a first offense. You eliminate any kind of possibility of people... Um, you know, getting off on excuses like their supplements are tainted. I mean, don't take supplements that aren't on the official list. It's simple as that, right? Yep. If you don't want to fail a test, uh, you know, there's plenty of people that have not failed drug tests uh, taking plenty of supplements. You know, you, you make it more strict. If a country has multiple sanctions, then the country gets banned uh, for some time period. I mean, you crack down. If you crack down really hard, you're still going to have people using drugs. It's still going to exist, but it will be such a small margin, as much a small group that you'll have a very positive impact on the rest of the countries competing clean. If countries don't want to move out of the dark ages and actually compete in a different playing field, you know, then you're going to end up in a situation where 
uh, you know, they're just going to constantly fail. They're going to constantly lose. I mean, look at Russia as a great example. You know, we saw with Icarus, the movie, that, that you know, they had been doing this for 60 years. Every athlete in Russia, there was information on almost all of the people there. Almost everyone was doping. It was, you know, highly, highly orchestrated state-run deal. You don't just stop that. You don't go from the most well-oiled doping machine in the, in the planet to, to like, oh, we'll do it clean. I mean, yeah, if, if you do that, you decide to basically take a 10 year break from being. Yeah, you're going to have to relearning how to which may in all reality be the, the greatest catalyst for weightlifting that has ever happened because it puts a, a pressure on those people to now be creative and figure it out a different way, you know, and, and hopefully that pressure leads them to become more creative and more investigative and and better at developing clean lifters not just more creative in the sense that well we'll find a new drug um you know that would be the hope is that maybe they find that people find you know totally new ways to train very different things there's a more radical approach there's there's this this need for things that work better than they did in the past and and we can't rely on how we did things when everyone was on drugs um you know my my good friend martin pashov said to me a long time ago, he said that drugs will never leave weightlifting because the drugs and weightlifting were born together. That's it? Yeah, that was it. So, oh, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the point being that, you know, like, where, where did... For some reason, I thought you were going to keep going. <laughs> where did, where did Dianabol come from, Right. It was it was made in response to what the Russians were doing. Yep, it was so pushed. It was pushed it, it was you know it's and perhaps perhaps weightlifting needs to change for for the the drug stuff to come out to be gone. So that's I think we'll cut it there. Um, that was good for the discussion. I don't know, man. If you're interested in being back, we can do this yeah. weekly yeah. weekly type thing. Yeah. Um, what was that stat? That blew my mind that you said that you had. You remember when, it was like at the Arnold. What you snatch? Is, oh, oh, what you uh, your. You, we're gonna close with this. So this is the end of the episode. Your your snatch in pounds. So this I'll give credit to the the person that told me this. So Yasha Fay, if you don't follow him, strong like bull seventy three at Instagram. He told me that Wes Barnett had figured out at some point and just said to him, Hey, your snatch in pounds should be your total in kilos. Boom. Think about that one, guys. That's the end of the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back.